When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome, everybody. Hope everyone's having a great week, the Sustainable Success way. Uh, Again, we're going to be having a great show today. Again, if you're new to Sustainable Success, uh, you probably found us here, obviously, at Voice America Influencers Channel. But we encourage you to also uh, check us out on Facebook, uh, Sustainable Success 2017. There you'll find many of our great shows that we've had in the past with great guests sharing their words of wisdom and methodologies to help transform your business and personal life to whole new levels. Again, that's Sustainable Success 2017. Uh, today's show is being brought to you by Empowered Fathers in Action. They are a 501c3 organization dedicated to not only strengthening the father-son bonding process, but also helping families to uh, for, forge interdependent uh, relationships amongst one another uh, through behavioral modification and addressing the root cause to limited beliefs at the source. Again, this is an organization that's looking to create interdependent family structures that lead to interdependent communities and interdependent businesses. Check them out at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org and see how you could get involved or contribute to bring this awareness to communities uh, where you reside. Uh, today's show is we're going to be discussing personality isn't permanent explanation. And this is really, I'm looking forward to today's show because this is an area that I personally have vested interest in uh, dealing as an executive coach. And I'm looking forward to uh, hearing information today from our guest expert, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And before I introduce uh, Dr. Hardy, I'll give you a background about who he is. So Dr. Hardy is an organizational psychologist and best-selling author of Willpower Doesn't Work. From 2015 to 2018, he was the number one writer in the world on Medium.com. During that time, he grew his email list from zero to 400,000 without paid advertising. Ben and his wife, Lauren, adopted three children from a foster system in February of 2018. And one month later, she, or his wife got pregnant with twins who were born December of 2018. They happily reside in Orlando and Ben blogs are read by millions monthly. Without further ado, we welcome Dr. Benjamin Hardy to the show. Hello, Dr. Hardy. Happy to be with you. Really grateful to be here. Great. It's such a pleasure to be here. And I, you know, I really, me personally, have a vested interest into, you know, personality types. And I know there, there are a lot of tests out there, like the Meyer Briggs of the world. And, and, you know, a lot of times people take those types of things verbatim. And, you know, when I had a chance to kind of review behind the scenes, the things that you're doing, and I know you have a, you have a book coming out shortly in this particular area. Uh, You know, I want to talk about personalities in that they are are they permanent you know and this is what a lot of times people have been led to believe and want to kind of set the tone about just personalities in general and and what are some things that we we often overlook yeah absolutely so just to give it a quick definition generally speaking your personality is your consistent attitudes and behaviors how you respond to various situations and 
the science definitely shows that it's not permanent. Uh, your personality will change over time, regardless of whether you ch- try to change it or not. There's lots of new research now. It's called longitudinal research, where it's looked at people over like a 70-year period of time. And uh, these 70 people actually took personality profiles 70, you know, like like 50 years ago and took them again. And their personalities were totally different. And so the, the longer the time interval between, let's just say, you take a given test, the more different your score is going to be. Because obviously life can change you. Uh, roles can change you. You're going to be different in different situations and different roles. So there's a lot of other you know, studies that have shown that if you take a particular personality test in one environment versus another environment, you're going to get different scores. Uh, you're going to get different scores based on who gives you the test, based on the time frame between the tests. And so there's, there's lots of really interesting things coming out in the new research. I think a really good place for people to start thinking about is their own self 10 years ago. Like, who were you 10 years ago? What were you interested in? Um, what were you focused on? What was your environment? Who were your friends? Like, you know, if you're someone who's actively seeking growth, you're probably not exactly the same person you were 10 years ago. So that, I think that's a good place to initially kick things off. Wow, that's great. And, you know, and some of the things like, you know, I know you, you know, you have a book coming out. We're going to get into that later. Um, but let's talk about like some of the things, I mean, personalities, this is such an important area, especially when it comes to the workplace, uh, when it comes to, re, you know, personal relationships, you know, you know, and, and if you're like in sales, I mean, these are things that are, you know, if we can really understand that, what would be some of the things that, you know, that p- people in general can begin to really learn to understand about personalities, maybe more, probably most important, their own first before they can understand others? Yeah. Well, you got to realize that there are reasons why you are the way you are. Um, one of the major core, you know, aspects of personality are trauma, traumatic experiences from our past. Uh, They could be big or small. So usually they talk about trauma as either capital T trauma or lower T trauma. Capital T trauma are events. Could be a car accident, could be something worse, could even be something small like being told you were bad at math. But these are experiences that you internalized as an aspect of your identity. And if you haven't resolved the, the trauma and if it stopped you from pursuing your goals, then it's led to you to what's called a frozen personality, where your pa- where literally your personality is more a reflection of trying to build your life around avoiding dealing with your trauma. And so that's 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 a huge aspect is that we all have unresolved trauma that's leading us to more limiting goals and pursuits because trauma actually shatters imagination. It shatters confidence, and as you know, as we both know, imagination is key to creating goals and to defining a future self and to pursuing. Uh, a different life than we currently have. So trauma can shatter that, and trauma is something that can be resolved. There's other things as well, like your identity narrative, how you describe yourself, how you define yourself, how you label yourself. That's actually one of the big problems with personality tests, like Myers and Briggs and Enneagram, is, is that they, I mean, it's a benefit and it's a problem. Like the benefit is, is that they give you a way to describe yourself, which is an identity. Um, the problem is, is that then that identity then becomes tunnel vision, and it stops you from pursuing something better or different and it limits how you see yourself. Um, there's other areas as well. Your subconscious and then your environment. And, you know, your subconscious is a reflection of your past. It's where you currently are as a person. And if you, need to, if you wanted to become a new person, you, you'd need to change your subconscious. And then your environment and your social roles and your social group. Uh, there's obviously tons of research about how your peer group influences everything in your life, whether it be your income level, whether you'll be an entrepreneur, um, 
you know, your religiosity, your willingness to be moral, like all of those things are influenced by your, your social group and then your cultural experience. And so there's a lot of, these are the four major reasons or levers to your personality. Um, and if you start to address these things and describe and define your desired future self, if you start to deal with these four things and adjust them, then you can become quite a different person. I, I agree 100% what you're saying. And I'd like to go back to, like, you talked about the subconscious, that, you know, these things that have happened, whether if it's trauma or it's just maybe something, uh, you know, in your childhood, maybe you picked up, like maybe something you observed with a parent that, you know, maybe in this case, subconsciously is ended up, you know, reflecting negatively in your life as an adult, and maybe it's not serving you. You know, talk about the power of that, like, and how maybe you know, we could go about, you know, making those changes at the subconscious level to turn that around, you know, where maybe it's affecting our our decision making or taking certain calculated risks or following through and and performing at a higher level. Absolutely. So the subconscious by nature is autopilot. It's, 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 it makes up 95% of what's going on in your, you know, in your behavior and in your outcomes it's, it's basically you on autopilot you don't have to think about what to do subconsciously you just do it that's why it's subconscious and your subconscious is actually more a reflection of your past as well as your environment than based on your future self so if you have a desired future identity and future self that's kind of you the person you want to be you can't get there from your current subconscious because your current subconscious is on autopilot from your past um and so yeah basically always in order to upgrade your subconscious, you need to start being more intentional and conscious about where you want to go. And then you need to generally be courageous and deal with emotions of moving from where you are to where you want to go. But as far as trauma, I'll use myself as an example. When I was 11 years old, my parents got divorced and the divorce was so painful for my father that it led him to becoming a drug addict. Like he became a very severe and extreme drug addict for all of my time in junior high and high school. And what we do in these situations, it, it, it really in any situation, like we, we start to try to figure out what the cause is of, of what's happening. You know, we start to try to figure out what is happening to me and what does this mean about me? And that's how you define your identity. That's how you shape a story of who you are. And so in my case, my father was kind of the easy scapegoat. Like he was the reason for my problems. He was the reason my life was becoming chaotic. And so my story and my identity was built a lot around, you know, my father kind of being a problem. Well, if you fast forward, you know, multiple times, so I ended up at age 20 deciding to leave my, my whole, you know, situation and going and serving a church mission, actually, because I just needed to get out and I needed a fresh start. And over, over time, I, I came to like really let go of the past. I did a lot of journaling, got a lot of therapy, read a lot of amazing books, um, business, you know, but religion, self-help, etc., And started to reframe my relationship with my dad. I um, started to forgive him, started to let things go. He also started to change quite a bit during that time. So now, you know, I'm 20 years old and he started to overcome his addictions and, and quit them because he had, you know, seen the impact on himself and on his kids. And eventually he became an addiction recovery support guy. Um, so like that's the, as you fast forward, one of the big things to remember is that context is way more important than content and context yes. actually shapes the meaning of the content. Um, that's actually one of the big problems with personality tests is that they completely ignore context. They just assume that your score is always true, which is not true. Um, but uh, 
over time, my narrative about my father has changed. And there's things that I had to do in order for that to happen. So like when I was going through my, my degree in psychology and then my PhD in psychology, like I learned a lot about why people are the way they are. Uh, I also became a foster parent of three kids. And, you know, we eventually adopted those three kids. And my father was actually adopted. And there's a lot that goes into becoming adopted. And, and I became really good friends with him. And we became workout partners and things like that. We, we really developed a relationship. I mean, one of the big aspects of trauma is, is that you avoid it. You know, you, you suppress it, you ignore it, you avoid it. And then you build your life around dealing with it. Uh, so your life becomes quite limited. And so one of the things I had to do, which took courage, was open up that correspondence with my dad. Talk to him. Let it go. Forgive him. But also another huge thing that I did was ask him questions about his perspective on those situations. And when I got his perspective, like on those former years when he was a drug addict and dealing with those things, I was totally surprised. Um, And I gained a lot of empathy and compassion towards what he was dealing with. The other thing that I would suggest is obviously journaling and being very intentional about how you frame your past and how you frame your future. Um, Your past is very flexible. It's not set in stone. It's actually always changing, as are your memories. And if you're someone who's conscious about writing out your story or describing and defining your identity, which is a story, you want to frame it, obviously, in the most positive way possible, where the past is happening for you rather than to you, so you're no longer the victim. And so I've been very strategic in not only defining my past and remembering my past, and by the way, you can be strategic about how you remember events, but, and then talking about it, I'm talking to you about it right now. And what I would say is, is that anything that did occur to me when I was young actually happened for me, that I do fully forgive my father, that I understand why he was going through what he was. And, um, you know, it doesn't fully let him off the hook, but it puts context around it to help me better understand that there was a lot more to it than just, uh, that he was a bad person or that he let me down. It was way bigger than that. Uh, and I get to shape the meaning of my former experiences. That's, that's a big part of dealing with trauma and it takes a lot of courage. Well, I, I could relate to you 100%. I, I, you and I had similar experiences. I mean, I, I attribute a lot of the things that were limiting me and, and led to the behaviors that I exhibited uh, with the struggle I was going through early on in my life uh, went all back to my father. Not that it was my father's fault. It was mine. But nonetheless, that I could trace everything back, you know, to my father. You know, I always like to say the root cause to my limited beliefs or the root cause to the, the you know the, the life I was experiencing through anger and it was that lack of validation because my father wasn't around I can relate to you and with your story about your dad being uh, using drugs my dad never touched a drug in his life or drank in his life until the last maybe 10 years of his life uh, when that happened and you know all of these things I can relate to you know but going back that you know he was never there when I was growing up during those formative years and my constant hunger for validation that I never received. And I would put that onto other people, high expectations that went unfulfilled only to just, you know, experience it through anger, through the letdown. And I can relate. And, and the only way you could get to, you know, to, you know, to move into the solution is to address it at the root causes, to forgive the source. And you did that. And, and obviously that just really had a tremendous impact on you and why you do what you do today. And I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, Dr. Hardy, we have like a couple minutes before our first break, but I just playing on where we left off, where you left off with your powerful story. What would be like some first steps people can do if they're like maybe had some trauma or they're they're facing, a, you know, a, a struggle in their lives right now or their businesses 
that what they can do now to figure out you know where they could go to address you know the the problem at at the source. Yeah, 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 a hundred percent. I mean, one thing to realize, kind of, there's the whole Stephen R. Covey quote: "We don't see the world as it is; we see it as we are." The same is true of our trauma or of our past. We don't see the past as it is; we see it as we are. So, actually, from a psychological perspective, your past. What most people believe is that your past is what's causing you to be who you are. Um, but the truth is, is actually that your present is causing the meaning of the past. Who you are right now is determining the past you have, um, how you see it, how you remember it. So your past is actually more a reflection of your current self um, because your past is always reconstructed in the moment. Um, and so for me, I've got a very positive past and also a very positive view of my father, but also my former self um, and what I was dealing with. And so I think, a big aspect of it is just realizing that however you view your current situation or even your former situation, uh, it's not actually concrete fact. Um, it's, it's a perception. It's a perspective. And mm. your former self-thought, chances are actually if you haven't resolved it, you're seeing it more from the perspective of your former self. That's actually why it's unre unresolved trauma leads you to continuing to see things the same way um, rather than continually updating and, and revising and improving how you see things through wisdom and experience and knowledge. Hopefully your former self, or sorry, hopefully your future self will see the situation better. Hopefully they'll see life better because you've gained knowledge and experience and wisdom. Um, and so if you're still seeing it the same way, if you're still harboring frustrations or pain, you have to realize that that's actually more, and this is a tough truth, but you've got to realize that that's more a reflection of the current you than what actually occurred. Um, because the current you is the one that's defining the meaning and, and actually seeing that past from, from a perspective. Uh, a very helpful activity for any of this stuff is, you know, and a safe activity is journaling. Journaling is just a great way. You know, I would write down everything either that either happened to or everything that you're dealing with that's stressing you out. Uh, and it's really nice just to get it on paper initially. Um, and then write about positive ways that you could see this or things that could come from this or that did come from yeah. it and start to kind of reframe it. I mean, just journaling, but also thinking about who it is you want to be framing out your future self. How would they deal with I, this? How would I, I want to, I want to yeah, focus on that when we get back of the break is that, that you're right now getting into the solution. And I love this. And I think they, that our, our listeners and those listening later are going to really get a lot of value. I want to, if we can carry on right after the break with that, I think that could, could be a great way to start things off because you're moving into the solution. Again, you're listening to Benjamin Hardy. Again, he's an organizational uh, psychologist, best-selling author of Willpower Doesn't Work. Again, uh, we're talking about personality isn't a permanent explanation. We will be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. 
The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. If you're just joining us again, we're talking about personalities. Uh, Today's uh, topic is personality isn't a permanent explanation. We are listening to our guest expert, Dr. Benjamin Hardy, a organizational psychologist and best-selling author of Willpower Doesn't Work. And we are talking about, you know, how certain things that, you know, either whether through trauma or certain things that we observed growing up in our childhood can play a role subconsciously in the things that we do each and every day. Are they serving us or not? And, you know, again, Dr. Hardy shared some valuable insight to how this all goes about. Dr. Hardy, we were talking about just before the break, you know, some ways to kind of, you know, let people know wherever they are and where they're looking to make improvements in their business and personal lives, how journaling can play an important part. And I know that's one of, of several different things that people could adopt. But let's talk about more about the journaling aspect and maybe talk about some other types of areas that people could tap into to kind of, you know, get out of the problem into the solution, so to speak. Yeah. Absolutely. I really like the quote from Dan Sullivan. He said, all progress starts by telling the truth. Uh, usually when it comes to trauma or even just anything stressful that you're dealing with, uh, a big problem is communicating it. And basically your personality in many ways or your ability to cope with challenges has a lot to do with your emotional development as a person and your emotional flexibility. Um, painful experiences, trauma, etc. they lead you to being incredibly rigid. Um, rigid not only in what you're willing to deal with, but rigid in how you see things. And so why journaling is one powerful technique is because you can sit and just write things down and think about them from different angles. Maybe ask yourself various questions. How could I see this thing differently? Or how has this thing benefited me? Or how is this thing benefiting me now? Um, how is this thing happening for me rather than that it's happening to me? Um, what do I actually want out of this thing? Um, what would be the best case scenario? Just asking yourself questions and giving yourself space. Journaling is really healthy. Obviously, there's many different ways to do it. You could do it on a computer if you prefer. You could do it in pen and pad. I tend, uh, you know, and people have fears and, you know, anxieties because they've maybe hadn't had the practice. And so it really doesn't need to be something that takes more than five to 15 minutes a day, but it's something that's so healthy just to, like, clear out the fog get yourself aligned. But one of the big things you could do if we're actually talking about painful experiences that you've had in the past that maybe you've avoided dealing with um, and they're now leading you to coping behaviors, whether that be addictions or, or other things. Um, Trauma shatters confidence and hope and it leads you to pursuing lesser goals rather than what you would genuinely want. 
I would write down everything that's occurred, maybe even just one to three things, if that's an easier place to start. And writing down the impact they had on you and, and how you, how, what a, and maybe even beginning to think about what are the benefits that could have or have come from this, starting to flip the script a little bit on it and starting to realize that some, maybe there's some positive things that have come out of this. Also, maybe, maybe also thinking about different angles on how you currently see it. Like what are other ways that could explain what this event was? Like just trying to actually expand your current view. But also when it comes to journaling, one of the best things is just honestly shaping out who you want to be, shaping out your future self, becoming very uh, explicit about who you want to be. What are your, what is your future self like? Um, what is their situation like? How much money do they make? Uh, what are their characteristics? What, what, how do they show up? Like defining out your future self in your journal. And I would say doing that regularly is really powerful for clarifying your current identity. Um, one of the things that they find in research is that it's really helpful for, for identity and for decision-making is to distinguish your, your former, your current, and your future self and not view them as the same people. You're, you're not the same person you used to be, and your future self is not the same person as you are right now. And when you, when you cut that off and when you realize they're a different person, they're going to be in a different situation, they're going to be dealing with different things, they're going to have, they're going to have different views, different goals, um, you then can ask yourself questions like, what would my future self want? You know, what, how would they deal with this situation? How would they view my former experiences? Um, how would they handle this? Like, what would they want? What should I be doing now in order to become my future self? And so I think that these are the types of prompts, um, not only that allow you to emotionally deal with former experiences or even current experiences, but also allow you to start to become more intentional, more imaginative, more creative, um, so that you can begin living your life consciously rather than just on autopilot, as we were talking about before. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. I really do. I mean, I mean, one of the routines that I did and, you know, that got me to the root cause of my limited beliefs and then also created the, the you know, the, the same from the same place, the solution was jur- journaling was a big part of it. It was meditation and journaling. Like I would I would journal right after I would meditate. I wouldn't overanalyze or overthink, uh, you know, I would just write whatever came to mind because I figured it would be fresh of whatever was in my subconscious mindset talking to my conscious mind, like what, you know, what came up and I would just write it, you know, just without thinking about it. And it was such a powerful transformation for me personally. And I think uh, it's uh, definitely the case, what you've just illustrated there. What is uh, anything else that you you think that could help in, you know, with people that are, you know, maybe not where they want to be and and maybe, you know, part of the awareness, some things that they could do to, you know, get to get to the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, just kind of real quick going off your thought and how you described how transformational that journaling experience was for the former you, like I think that, that that same transformation is always available for all of us. I think that we always, you know, it's it's, it's amazing how transformational that is. Um, there's, a, there's a book. There's two books on trauma that I think are the most important ones. And by the way, trauma is really only one-fourth one of this equation, but it's such a big one because it impacts... So many things, but there's two books that I would recommend if anyone's really interested in looking more into trauma. One is The Body Keeps the Score. The other one is Waking the Tiger. Um, And in Waking the Tiger, Dr. Peter Levine, he has a statement. He says that trauma isn't what happens to you. It's what you hold inside in the absence of an empathetic witness. So Mm. I'll repeat that. 
Trauma isn't what happens to you. It's what you hold inside in the absence of an empathetic witness. And so what happens essentially with trauma is often something happens, could be seriously something relatively small, but it wasn't small for you because you you had internalized it and it led to a fixed mindset. It led to an, a narrative or an idea that you, you're limited yes. in some way. And then it leads to a fixed mindset where you no longer pursue something. It could literally be a math teacher. T- you know, actually, there's a lot of research showing that a lot of kids Almost every kid in, in like America has math trauma because math can be difficult and because there's not a lot of um, good coaching as far as developing the, you know, more of a growth mindset. And so uh, almost, all, you know, almost all kids at some point develop trauma and a fixed mindset towards math where they don't believe they can actually do it, which actually isn't true. Uh, they just have some painful experience, which leads them to saying, I can't do this anymore or beyond this. Um, and so having an empathetic witness, having someone there to help you to reframe the experience or to think about it differently or to encourage you um, to keep going. Because obviously in order to accomplish any big goal, you're going to have to go through a lot of emotional ups and downs, a lot of learning, a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of transformation in order to get anywhere different and significantly different from your current self and to learn skills, develop capabilities, develop confidence, create a totally new situation. You've got to go through a lot. Um, and you need people to encourage you along the way through the ups and the downs and to help you so that when you hit speed bumps along the way, that you don't internalize those as trauma and then turn it into a fixed mindset where eventually you decide, well, I guess this is the cap of where I can go. So there's a quote from Robert Brault, and he said that we are kept from our goals, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to lesser goals. So we're, we're, we're kept from our goals, not by obstacles between ourselves and the goal, but by a clear path to a lesser goal. And that's what usually happens is that uh, at some point we hit some obstacle and then we just decide to take a clear path to some lesser goal rather than keep going through the obstacles because we don't have enough encouragement and empathy and support to get ourselves through the emotional ups and downs. So getting good people around you and openly sharing the emotional journey of what you're going through, maybe getting coaching, mentoring, support, a therapist, you know, like friends, like, but, you know, not holding in what you're dealing with whether it be about former stuff or about current stuff or about future stuff, uh, you've got to have those empathetic witnesses around you and those encouragers because you've got to have a lot of encouragement to continue to courageously move forward. Encouragement facilitates courage, and it takes a lot of courage to move towards big goals. And so you need a lot of encouragement to do that. No, that's so true. And, and, I, and I think this is so important, you know, not only personally like you're talking about, but I would say – Safe to say, you know, in, in the in any business, and whether if you're you, you if you're the you're an entrepreneur, you're start starting a business, or even working for somebody, and you're looking to you know improve your career and climb the ladder. Yep, yep, it's huge for business. I mean, it's huge for any goal. Uh, it's you know you're going to deal with a lot of stuff, and so you need to be able to vocalize it, talk about it, have open communication between journaling and you know having the right people to talk to. You can keep your emotions going um, and you can keep moving forward daily rather than letting small things hang you up and eventually stop you. Yeah, so true. So true. You know, and, you know, just kind of shifting gears here, like if we, you know, kind of looking at business, because, again, you know, here at Sustainable Success, we're all about, you know, life and business as one. But, you know, business people, we have a lot of business professionals and and entrepreneurs and you know that listen to the show uh, either live or on demand. 
So talk about like some of the things like if, you know, if you have an, you know, an organization or maybe you're, you know, your business is looking to add more people, like where these, you know, what we've been discussing could, you know, you know, creating awareness can play an important role to really not only have people understand their own personalities, but like getting back to what we were talking about earlier, but, you know, truly now being able to, you know, you know, to understand, relate and understand others, knowing that, you know, like you said, personalities can change over time and, and talking about that, like what are some things companies could do to incorporate that or encourage that as part of their strategy to grow their businesses? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that any company that really cares about their people would obviously encourage the growth and development of their people. Um, the better your people become, the more confident, the more capable, um, you know, the more intentional they become, the, the better off you'll become. And so obviously investing in your people to whatever degree that makes sense for you and helping them clarify their own, you know, their own objectives and goals within the organization uh, your personality in many ways is based upon the role that you find yourself. And so making sure obviously that people are in a role that they, you know, want to be in or that they can, you know, that they want to thrive in or that they can grow into uh, is big and simplifying. I mean, simple complexity is the huge, is the huge killer of motivation. And so clarifying, helping people clarify their role, their identity within an organization, helping them clarify their vision, and not only the vision for the organization, but their own vision. Um, you know, if they don't know the why behind what the organization is doing, or they don't know the why behind what they're doing, then you're probably going to get lower performance. And so, you know, identity is shaped by goals, and it's shaped by, by the future more than anything else. And so helping people clarify their own future um, and, I mean, those are some of the things that I can think about. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, how about there's, there's, how about this? Oh, go ahead. Go, keep going. Sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. You're good. I was going to say because you were talking about clarifying roles, and I think that's so important. You know, and we don't, we have about less than four minutes to the next break, but you know it, that is so important that people have clarity and and knowing specifically not only your own roles, but you know your own role, but but others as well. You know, especially if you're looking to create interdependency in the in wherever you work and better flow of communication and you know leading by example I mean these are all could be byproducts of this but how about like you said getting not only the clarity of the goals but would would also be what about values and principles again you know organizations may say okay these are our values and principles but are they really exemplifying that and are people aligned with that in some way would that play a also an important role there along with the goals Of course. Yeah. I think there's so much to be said about organizational culture and about how, you know, culture actually is one of the, you know, culture shapes your identity in so many ways because of the language and, you know, culture is essentially the vehicle, you know, through which goals are achieved or vision is accomplished. Um, And so, you know, creating a potent culture, creating an environment where people are having conversations about, about the things that you value or the things you believe in your belief system as an organization, the things that, people can't really form an identity if there is no culture. Um, and leadership is the, one of the core goals of leadership is obviously to design a culture to consciously, you know, to intentionally design the culture so that the shared identity of the group can get there. And also so that each person knows who they are within that so that they feel some sense of higher, higher purpose within the organization so that they know who they are so they can describe themselves. And uh, often 
the belief systems aren't really talked about. And so that's, I think, where you would talk about kind of creating an environment. Um, there's actually an organization that I think is best at this. They're called Gaping Void. They, uh, they're a culture design company, and one of their products yep. is called um, Culture Culture Walls. They create culture walls where they create what they call semiotics, um, which are symbols. But basically, it's artwork depicting your belief systems, um, different beliefs or values. And they, they're just all over the place in, in environments. You know, they're in like Yale and, you know, Microsoft. They've got big clients. But I've had culture walls made for myself um, with my own beliefs and attitudes. And I put them in my office. I put them in my house so that my kids can see the beliefs yeah. uh, and things that I want. I want that I want them to be influenced. So being very strategic about your environment so that subconsciously it begins to have an impact. Um, you can create an environment based on your future self, not your former self. You can create an environment that triggers the identity of your of your vision, not the identity of just, you know, whatever else. Uh, I think being very intentional about the environment, the culture and how that impacts identity and behavior uh, is big. No, no, it's so important. I think uh, what you talked and I love that concept too. I mean, I know, uh, you know, I've I've gone in to train companies in areas where they'll, you know, they'll have, you know, certain things in their 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 conference rooms, or you know, when as you come into the main entrance of the of the workplace, and you know, they're just subtle reminders again, and then it, but more importantly, that people are being that, you know, not just that it says it, but they're actually being it. And obviously, it, it just helps people as they see that as the example, they begin to find that within themselves to find some way to align with that. So I think it's so important. You know, we have a, we have about a minute to our um, our next break. But just in closing for this, what we're talking about here, again, you know, just uh, what would you any final thoughts that you'd like to say what people can do to begin to make that shift, you know, whether if it's a business or, you know, an individual? Yeah, uh, I think that beginning to very clearly define the outcome, obviously, um, whether that be for yourself or for someone else, uh, the outcome becomes really helpful to clarify the role. So what is, what is the goal of this, so of, of whatever we're trying to accomplish? What is success? How do we define success? Uh, that outcome obviously determines who does it because the goal determines whoever is capable of accomplishing it or whoever wants to accomplish it. And then you let... If it's someone else who's doing it, like an employee or someone else, um, the whole role is really based on the desired objective, the desired outcome. And you give them a lot of freedom in deciding how they do it um, because they're the who. You know, they're the one who figures out how to do it. You don't tell them how to do it. You just give them the success. And that really clarifies their role. And I think that each person, let's just say in an organization or yourself, should really have really simple things to do. Like yeah. it should, there shouldn't be a lot of things. Each, each yeah. goal should be very simple, but very specific. Well, this is great. Well, we're going to come back. We got more to come here from Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Again, personality isn't permanent explanation, and we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. 
The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back again. Our show is being brought to you today by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization. You can uh, find out more information about Empowered Fathers in Action at efamovement.org. That's efamovement.org. Uh, again, we're here with Dr. Benjamin Hardy, uh, organizational psychologist and best-selling author of Willpower Doesn't Work. Uh, we've been talking about personalities and certain things with limited beliefs that hold us back and then how we can over time address these areas at the at the root to then create the solution. He's a, a, a firm believer that personalities are fluid and we've just got a wealth of information. Again, you can listen to this show in its entirety on demand uh, later today. So we highly encourage you to take advantage of that. There is a lot of wisdom and nuggets being placed here by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. So Dr. Hardy here, you know, we were talking about a little bit about, again, you know, the process. We kind of led into how organizations can really adopt this, uh, investing in their people. If we're looking at people that really want to create their future self, talk about, you know, designing, you know, that, that, that the environment to create that future self. Yeah, the environment's huge. Uh, again, we talked already earlier about social groups. So your friends, are obviously a big aspect of your environment. You would like, you know, you want to surround yourself. This is an obvious one, but you want to surround yourself with people who more reflect your future self than your former self. Because certain friend groups, I mean, the patterns persist. Um, that's not to say you have to, like, eliminate all people, but surround yourself with people who, who, who remind you of your future self. I mean, that's, that's, like, one of the most fundamental and easy things that you can do. Um, that's... That's an easy way to start immediately shifting how you see yourself and how you act um, because so much of what we do. There's a few other strategies, though. One is something I call strategic ignorance. So strategic ignorance is just eliminating all of the things from your environment and from your, uh, from your life that are not helping your future self. You should be ignorant of a lot of things because you know, let's just say that you're overly, you're overly aware of things that are not helping you. That, that could be news media. It could be, you know, Facebook, et cetera. Like there's things that you want to be, you want to shield yourself from. You want to be ignorant of. Um, it's really bad for willpower to have too many options. And so you want to proactively eliminate a lot of the options that are, that are coming at you. There's a quote from Zig Ziglar. He said, your input shapes your outlook. 
and your outlook shapes your output. And so everything that's coming in, you've got to realize is shaping you. That's the food you're eating, but it's also the information you're consuming, the experiences you're having. Um, and so strategic ignorance is about literally blocking yourself off from the stuff that you know isn't really helpful towards your future self. Um, this could be stuff you know are kind of weaknesses you have, like just things you indulge in that you know are just kind of repetitious against subconscious. You just kind of go into it because it numbs you. Um, so yeah, what are the things in your life that you, you don't really need to know about anymore? Um, because if you know about them, then your mind's going to your, your, your mind's going to think about them. <laughs> and it's better off to be thinking about things towards your future self. So just eliminating stuff uh, and, and creating systems to block yourself from, from information or people or, or opportunities that are no longer helpful uh, is, is really good. Like there's a, there's, a, I'll, I'll give a few examples. Like Peter Diamandis as an example is a futurist and uh, he talked about how he, he stopped watching the news because it just, it just, you know, it just ruined his mindset. I mean, but he's a futurist and so obviously he's aware of current events, but he gets his information from specific sources. Um, Seth Godin, who's a professional author, an interesting guy, like he used to read the comments on Amazon about his books and they would always make him feel like crap just because there was a lot of trolls on the internet making him feel bad. And he just realized he didn't need to be aware of that stuff anymore. Like he could be ignorant of what other people thought about his work. And he doesn't mean he doesn't get feedback, but he's just thoughtful about the feedback he gets. Um, and so it's just smart to realize that there's a lot of things out there that you just don't need to know about. There's a lot of things you shouldn't know about. If you're going to really focus your life on, on specific goals, you need to be really selective about what hits you, like on a conscious level. Um, like one of the things I do is I, I've told my assistant, um, you know, like I've created criteria, like a system, so that like only the things that like I actually want to focus on or accomplish reach my mind. Like she says no to everything else. Um, and so you create a filter and your environment should become a filter to help you uh, so that only the things that will pull you forward come in. I mean, that's, that's one. I mean, we can go into many others. There's actually another yeah. one, like, str- you know, strategic remembering. Um, and so should we keep going or what would you like? Yes, please do. Yes. Yeah, so strategic remembering is the opposite of strategic forgetting. Strategic remembering is about proactively putting things in your life and in your environment to remind you of where you're going Um, because it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to go on autopilot. It's so easy to get busy and for like a month to go by and you didn't go to the gym, right? Or like that whatever happened, happened. Like, And so there's a a story of James Whistler. James Whistler's a, a famous painter from quite a while ago. And one of the things he did, he painted a a small picture of roses that was super, really, really good. I think it was his best work from his perspective. But a lot of people wanted to buy it, but he wouldn't sell it. What he did is he left it on his desk as a, as a reminder um, of what was possible. So that when he was having a bad day, which he had lots of, and when he was down and he wasn't confident, all I had to do was look at the roses, and they re-reminded him of what was possible. It, it was a transformational trigger. It was an intentional trigger to help him remember what he was all about and who he wanted to be. And it got him back in a mindset to do the type of painting he wanted. And so I think being strategic about what you put around you and putting reminders of your future self. Uh, again, we talked about culture walls earlier, you know, about, you know, pictures or artwork of, of your values or your beliefs. I mean, obviously things like vision boards come to mind, honestly. Um, but just reminders that trigger you. I mean, even reminders of, you know, it could be like a, a thing that goes off on your phone to tell you to like buy flowers for your wife, like, or like yeah. send a compliment, like just 
give yourself triggers and reminders um, so that you can act as your future self and not just leave it on you. Like, why wouldn't you design an environment that's constantly triggering and supporting you being the person you want to be rather than trying to do it through willpower and through, like, putting all the pressure on yourself? Um, so those are, those are a few things you could do. I think that's so powerful. And I think that, you know, any individual that's listening to this should take that to heart and, you know, listen to this in its entirety. And even organizations, again, organizations revamping their culture or their environments to kind of bring, you know, so people can not only can the company look to, you know, kind of like, you know, see itself, what would it like to see itself in the future, but how people can evolve into that in their roles. I think that's so powerful. Kind of like even what you were talking about when we were talking about the values and uh, beliefs or principles before um, with that. I think it's so powerful. You know, in terms of uh, some other, you know, things here, what we're talking about, and I want to leave some time, you know, to let people know where to find you. But any cl- any other thoughts that you want to talk about, Dr. Hardy, that could really drive this home and, you know, getting back to the personality now and, and, and yep. saying that, you know, this is a journey. And and I guess it, it all comes down to awareness and not, you know, not judging yourself and not putting these limitations on yourself that understanding that personalities evolve over time. Just some other thoughts that people that you could provide some insight to help people really grasp that and, and use that to their advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say, you know, this, this may come as a shock to some people, but personality tests like um, Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, those are not um, scientific from a psychological perspective. Uh, there's no actual, like, there's no such thing as personality um, types. Like, any test that puts you as a type is, is not true. Um, obviously, they can be really comforting for some people because they, they give you words that then can form your identity. Um, they give you labels that you can then use. Uh, the problem with these is that labels then become tunnel vision. Um, so there's a lot of research that talks about, like, people who, for example, identify as depressed. Um, they always believe they're depressed, even though that's not actually true, um, because our labels become tunnel vision. It's called selective attention. We only see what we identify with. And so you, you miss all the moments when the label isn't true. It also totally frames out your, your past because you, you start to see the past from the perspective of the label and your future from the perspective of the label. Um, and so it's just not helpful. Uh, and it can actually be harmful. I mean, you can use labels strategically. Uh, just as an example, like a friend of mine who a long time ago, he wanted to be a writer, but he couldn't get himself to write. And he started calling himself a writer, you know, and so he started to identify that way and it allowed him to write, um, you know, it allowed him to write because he was strategic about giving himself a specific label, but labels should serve your goals. Um, your goals, the goals you set should not serve some label that you've given yourself or that someone else gave you. Uh, if you're setting goals to support or defend your label, then what you've, what you've done is, is you've, you're, you're setting goals from the perspective of your past uh, or from potentially the perspective of your trauma or from some, some psychological test which is outside of you. It's a lot more powerful to set goals intentionally based on what you actually want and then, and then define yourself based on your future self, not your former self. Uh, people have a huge need to be consistent. And so people are often consistent with who they formerly were just because it's emotionally maybe awkward or it's an emotional experience to start to be different. But if you actually are different, then by nature, um, you're acting contrary to your former self, which means that you're not actually living within the constraints of your current or your former personality. Um, It's a lot more powerful 
to define out who you want to be from a future self perspective and then start acting as that future self and even start to vocally yeah. share. I think I, I find that a lot of people, they hold back on, on defining or on describing vocally their goals um, and who they want to be and what they want to do. We, we kind of hold that to our chest. You start talking about it. You start yep. telling people who you're going to be and what you're going to do. You start to believe it. You start to become consistent with it. Yeah. Um, and it does take courage. But, I mean, those are some of the things that I would, I would encourage you to do. And just as, as a final thought there is, is that uh, your goal that, should it, not it, be. This is. Per- yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying this is powerful stuff. You know, we only we have a less than a couple minutes. I want to leave some time because I really would like people that are listening yeah. and that will be listening later to reach out to you. Uh, to, you know, that will have some questions. So let people know where they can find you. What's the best way to get in contact with you? What you're up to, and anything that you want to else you know provide to them here in the next minute. Absolutely, you can just find me at benjaminhardy.com. Um, there's many blogs there. Um, you can find more information about books. So yeah, benjaminhardy.com is the easy place to find it. Okay, great. Great. And th- this is so great. Dr. Dr. Hardy, I want to thank you personally, number one, for, for you know taking time out of your schedule today. You have just dropped a lot of wisdom here and a lot of information. We are going to make sure that um, you know, we, we, when the on-demand version goes live later today, that we're going to be putting that out there uh, to make sure that you know, people really listen to this because there's a lot of value here. And um, we want to thank you. And again, uh, real quick, I know you have, a, you know, you have a book coming out pretty soon. If you just want to give them a kind of an idea when that's going to be, you're more than welcome to. And then I'm just going to close the show from there. Perfect. Well, thank you for letting me be on the show. And for anyone who listened, thank you for taking the time to listen. That was an investment. Um, so, yeah, the book is called Personality Isn't Permanent. It comes out June 16th, but you can pre-order it now. And, uh, yeah, the book will very much challenge a lot of the things you've probably been taught. And, It'll help you to re, you know, really become who you want to be. Wow, great. Well, we're going to make sure that the listeners know about it when it's ready up, up until that time around maybe end of May, uh, early June. So to make sure they get their hands on a hard copy or an ebook version, whatever the case may be. But again, we want to thank you for joining us today. We want to thank you, audience, for joining us each and every week, The Sustainable Success Way. If it was not for you, the show would not be where it is today. We are very grateful for everything that you do to be here. And it's our mission to provide you know, guest experts like Dr. Hardy that provide a wealth of information that can help take your business and your personal life to another level. And again, uh, thank you so much for joining us again. And we'll be back next Thursday, same time, uh, again, with another great guest. And again, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.